a seat. Awesome. Hey, do this real quick. Everyone freeze right where you're at. Here's what I want you to do. Look around the room. Everyone, make some awkward eye contact. And I want you to find the person that you know least or that you don't know at all. I want you to ask them this question. Uh, If you were deserted on a desert island, who are the two people you would want deserted with you on that island? Make a friend this morning. Make a friend. Jesus is not an acceptable answer. God is everywhere, so that does not count. All right, everybody freeze again, freeze again. Look around the room, make some more heavy eye contact. Find a new person that you don't know. Here's a new question, listen, new question, new question. If you could have been, if you could have been a character on any of your favorite cartoons growing up, which character would you have wanted to be? Hannah instantly, Hannah All right, and you guys can grab your seats. You can head back to your chairs. Hopefully you made a friend, made a new friend. Oh, hey, friend. Somebody dropped their mask. Uh, On a desert island? I would bring my friend Steve and my friend Ben. <laughs> All right, sit down, sit down. All right, who was up the latest last night? Anyone up past two thirty? Really, three. All right, forget that. Everybody always asks who's up latest. My question is. Who, who do you think went to bed the earliest? Who was sleeping? The, what time were you sleeping? What time? Middle of life group. Didn't even answer the questions. Just said, you know what? I'm out. I'm sleeping. Uh, how we doing? We doing all right? Cool. Well, uh, all right. So um, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I asked the second question. If you could have been a part of any cartoon growing up, what would you have been? And for me, I want to share my answers. I want to share, you guys interested to know? Um, all right. I'm going to share three. Uh, I, I honestly, this first one, I'm not sure that you'll know, but it, it, it's the only, for a long time, it was the only movie that I, the trilogy that I owned. And if I could have been a part of any movie, the first one would have been this. It's not a cartoon, but the Mighty Ducks. Anyone? <laughs> I mean, the quack attack is back, Jack. Like, I just wanted to be a Bash brother so bad. I can't even skate. I, I don't even know how to skate, but I just wanted to be on the Mighty Ducks, you know? Um, the second, this was, this was uh, I learned a lot of great life lessons. The second one was, man, I just wanted to be, did, have any of you guys ever watched Recess? JT Detweiler, just my hero, still maybe a little bit, like, inspires me. Uh, but here's the deal. Listen, if... And I just found, this third one, I wish, I wish was, I wish this was the world that I lived in. It's not, 
I'm coming to terms with that. Maybe they'll be in heaven, but I don't know. We'll see. But the third one is, uh, I just want to, I mean, I just want to catch a Pokemon, man. I don't, you can boo me. That doesn't bother me. I just want to, I just want to, you know, run around in the woods and catch a little Pokemon. That's all I want to do in life. I want to be the very best. Um, today, today, this morning, we're going to be talking about, shocker, valleys, valleys. Let's get sad again, everybody. Um, last night, last night, we talked about this idea, and we're going to be talking about it in every session, and it's this, is that all of us are either, you're in a valley, you just got out of a valley, or you're headed into a valley. Valleys are, they're, uh, they're inevitable, they're impartial, but they're purposeful, and it's, a, it's, it's going to happen, it's part of life. Um, but today, I want to talk about community in your valley. I want to talk about friendships. I want to talk about relationships in your valley. And uh, this, is, this is important. The reality is that the, the people that you keep close to you, the people that you live life with, the, the people um, that are your friends and your family are going to have a massive, massive impact on your life. And uh, they actually, they, they affect us in a number of different ways. Um, one, of, one of them is that, how many of you know, like if you're going through something hard or you're going through something difficult, um, man, they help strengthen you. They, they, they help give you strength. Um, how many, have you ever realized that if you're having a bad day or something bad happens and it's just you, it's a bad day, but if it happens with a group of people, it's kind of a, a good story, right? And so I've gotten a flat tire on my own, bad day. But like, I remember also one time I got a flat tire and I was with three of my friends. It was after we had been golfing all day. And it was kind of, now it's like, it's a memory we tell. And it's just the, the only difference is that I, I had this bad experience, but I had people around me to, to walk with me through it. And, and so when you walk through a valley, community is so important because community can, can give you strength. Uh, I mean, just logistically, like, Let's say hypothetically here, hypothetically, Alvin was mad because I called his shoes a little dirty last night and he wanted to fight me. Like if I just wanted to fight him one-on-one, I'm like, I don't know if I like my odds, but if I recruited any of you want to help me fight Alvin later, a lot, way, way too many volunteers. Wow, you guys are quick. There's a lot of hands, uh, right? Then, then, I, then I'm like, all right, maybe, maybe we win that fight. All right, I like my odds. Community, it, it, it makes you stronger. Community, it makes you stronger. Um, how many of you have ever realized that you, you learn from the people you're around? You learn from the people you're around. Uh, a lot of times, you don't even necessarily notice it. Have you ever, anybody, you ever go down south and like you're down there like, like five minutes and you say y'all? You're like, what? what just came out of my mouth? Like, I've never said y'all before. I'm not from here, but I just said y'all and now I'm thinking about buying some boots. Um, why? Because like the people around us, the culture around us, the language they use, how they talk, how they communicate, how they dress, it impacts us. You ever have a friend and then they start hanging out with somebody new and then you're like, are you just, are you guys wearing all the same clothes now? Like you're just going to always, you got the same haircut. Like it, it happens. It happens. We learn from the people who are around. Uh, quick question. How many of you are Michigan fans? Yeah, unfortunately, you had to learn that from your parents. How many of you are Michigan State fans? Yeah, why are you a fan of that team? It's simply, most of the time, it's because of the home that you grew up in, right? And so if your parents were Michigan fans, then there's a good chance you're a Michigan fan. If your parents were Michigan State fans, hey, who's an Ohio State fan? 
Go, just get out. Hey, you gotta go. You gotta go home. Hey, hey, you gotta go. You gotta go. Hey, you gotta go. Just go, keep walking. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You can sit, you can sit down, right? You, you learn, you learn. Uh, so how about this? How many of you in Michigan, uh, this, like people correct me all the time, because how many of you, if you want uh, to drink a, a Coke, you call it what, a uh, pop? How many of you say pop? Yeah, where I grow up, no one says pop. You say pop, they look at you, you're like, you're crazy. Uh, you, say, you say soda. Anyone say soda? Okay, a soda pop. I want a soda pop. Um, Water fountain. How many of you, you, if you go and you're like, I'm going to go fill up, I'm going to go get a drink from the water fountain. You call it a water fountain? Where I grew up out in Massachusetts, they call it a bubbler. A bubbler. I'm going to go get a drink from the bubbler. Uh, that's what they call it. That's what they call a water fountain. That's a, that's a true story. A bubbler. Bubbler. Do you know, uh, maybe you, you haven't realized this, but, but the people that you have relationship with actually affect your health. They've, they've done some research and they, they found that if you, have, if you have deep, meaningful friendships, that, they're, that there's, you're going to actually, there's a higher probability that you'll live longer. And, and likewise, um, that if you have unhealthy, if, you have, if you're surrounded in close proximity by relationships that make you stressful or worried or, or, or angry, um, that it'll actually increase your heart rate, your cholesterol. The people around you could literally be killing you. Some of you are like, yeah, I get it. They are. Um, but I just, it, it, it's, what, what's ironic to me is that in a day and age where we have more access to each other, we have better tools than ever before to, to be equipped for relationship. We've got social media, we've got phones, like we've got more tools, more access into each other's lives. But, but your generation is the, the, the generation that's breaking all the statistics and records for feeling isolated, anxious, alone, suicidal, depressed. You have, you have more tools, we have more, more access. We have social media, so now, right, we can post about our lives and, and, and we try to get likes and affirmation. We, we have more outlets to share about our lives and yet more people have never felt more alone in their life. And, and so what should be, I'll just say this, uh, today we're talking about community in a valley. In a valley, community should be what strengthens you and teaches you and helps you grow and helps you get healthy. Relationships shouldn't be another valley. And some of you, you just surrounded yourself instead of having people that are there to love you and support you and challenge you and help grow you. All you've done is added another valley to your list of, of things that you're struggling with. Because instead of fighting for and pressing into real life-changing community, we, we settle for, snap, or for, for snapshots and one-liners of each other's lives. And it all becomes this posturing and positioning of trying to pretend like we've got it all together on the outside. Well, internally and relationally, all we have is isolation. You need community. Christianity, you, you, you were never meant to, to walk alone. You, you ever think about the creation story? And God's creating, he's creating all these beautiful things. Animals, kangaroos, platypus, waterfalls. And, and yeah, he made that. He, it's a real animal. Um, and in the middle of it, right, he says, Adam, you're here. I want you to care for these animals. I want you to be here. And right away, he recognized it. And what does it say? He says, he realized, even from the very beginning, it wasn't good for Adam to be alone. He needed community. 
From the very beginning, community has been a God-given design, a crucial piece. You you look at the New Testament church and and how it's described, the language that's used. It talks about the the necessity for for people who follow Jesus to be like one healthy, functioning body. that, that, That it can't live or survive or function at its best without each other. Community. For some of you, this will be the, out of all the messages, this is the one you need. If you're being honest, you, like you've never been fully transparent with people. You've never, you're like, man, I don't know that I have good friends, and I don't know that I've been a good friend. And so this morning, I want to share uh, out of Luke 5, and we're going to read verses 17 through 26. And I, I, this is one of my favorite, absolute favorite stories on community. It says this, Luke 5. Sorry, in verse 17, it says, One day, Jesus was teaching, and the Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on a roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles in the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. I love this part. When Jesus saw their faith, not the faith of just the man on, uh, who was paralyzed, but when he saw the collective faith uh, of this community of friends, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. And the man gets healed and he, he gets up. I love this story. I, I think, man, I hope and I pray that, that, that you will strive to have this kind of relationship, this kind of community. This is the potential of what you have this weekend. And so my question for you this morning, I want you to think about this. My question for you is this, whose mat will you carry? Whose mat will you carry? And, and maybe an equally important question is who loves you enough to carry your mat? Because we, we talked about it, valleys, they're, they're inevitable, they're going to happen, they're, they're impartial, they're going to happen to you. You're going to have times where, where emotionally you feel paralyzed, you're going to have times where, where, where like spiritually you're struggling, you're going to have moments of life where, where it feels like you can't take one more step, and in that moment, will you have people around you? Will you have people who, who see your need? We have people who, who, who not only see your need, but, but think to themselves, I could help. I could make a difference here. And this is what happens. I love it because we don't even necessarily get the full backstory. We don't know if they were friends. We don't know if they, they weren't friends. But what we do know is that at some point in time, here's this guy and, and, and he can't walk. He can't get there on his own. He can't get to Jesus on his own. It's not going to happen for him unless a group of people realize and they stop and they say, you know what, we could do something. We could do it collectively. Hey, if you grab a corner, I grab a corner. Let's get a few other people. If collectively we, we pool our strength and our resource and our ability together, we could get this guy to Jesus. Whose mat are you, are you going to carry? Do you, do you have people in your life that like if, man, you, they were feeling off or, or they were going through something, like you would actually be close enough to them to realize like they're struggling. How many of you last night, as people are sharing, here's the valley I'm in, how many of you were like, man, I, I kind of knew that and I've been praying for you? This is the spot we need to get to. We need to get to the spot where, where it's, hey, when we go through those hard moments, when we go through those hard places, we're not isolated and alone where we have people around us. 
Whose mat are you willing to carry? We're all going to be in a valley. A great question is, what would motivate you to carry another mat? What would, help, what would motivate you to, to help be a support for somebody else? I think two things. I think one, when you care about someone enough, you, you would help carry a little bit of their load. I mean, if you really, really love somebody, you cared enough about them, that I think that would inspire you, that would motivate you to, to want to play your part. I think the second thing would be that if you really believe that if they encountered Jesus, it would change their life. I think one of those two things is what, what moves the needle of us saying, hey, man, I see you, and I, I know you're struggling to saying, hey, I see you, and, and I want to do what I can to help. My, my other, my, and the adults will get this, the true assessment of true community is who could you call to help you move when you need to move? <laughs> Anytime I move, I'm like, hey, you want to come help? They're like, ah, I'm busy. I'm like, I didn't even tell you the dates yet. How, how do you know you're busy? I'm like, ah, I'm busy. I'm busy. Uh, true community, I, I'll, I'll say this though. We love the idea, right? Close friends, people that would like help us and, 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 and I would help them. Like we love the concept. It's a beautiful concept, right? Man, just like we're just one big happy family. It's a great concept, but we, we often don't live it out because uh, it, it's hard and it's inconvenient. True community takes work. If you want to look like Jesus, if you want to like have the type of relationships that Jesus had, it's going to be inconvenient, hard work. Right? Everybody loves, like the end of the story we like, right? This guy, he can't walk. Get him to Jesus, now I can walk. You know what's not fun? Carrying a, a person in, in the Middle Eastern heat. Car- carrying people, it, it's inconvenient. It, you help me real quick? Come here real quick. You, what's your name? No thanks. no thanks, will you help me? All right, come on, come on. What's your name? Isaiah, Isaiah? cool. Isaiah, just hop up here real quick. Yeah, what? yeah I got you. <laughs> uh, guys, this is Isaiah, I just met him. Uh, <laughs> this is pretty inconvenient for Isaiah. I guarantee you he was not anticipating that some middle-aged man was going to try to carry him around the room while preaching a message. But here we are, Isaiah, and it's inconvenient for him. I'll be honest, Isaiah, it's pretty inconvenient for me as well. This is not my ideal way to do this, but here we are. We're going we're gonna to see this thing through. It's inconvenient. Thanks, everyone. Give a hand to Isaiah. I didn't drop you. Woo! Getting older. Carrying mats, it's inconvenient. It, like, it, it's, it's awkward. Everybody's like, what, what, are, what are you doing, man? Put the kid down. I, but this is a picture of true community. It, 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 like, to actually say, you know what? I realize there's something going on with you. I, I realize, actually, you've missed a few 707s, like, where you've been at. Realizing, hey, you know what, you, you kind of, I, I see what you're doing with, with this guy. I see what you're doing with this girl. And I'm going to be honest, just because I care about you, because I actually care about you enough to tell you, like, th- there's something not right there. Real community, it takes work. It's inconvenient. True community, it's hard. It's hard work. It takes getting uncomfortable. But, but here's the deal. Like if this room was on fire and for some reason he, my man couldn't walk and I refused to help him, what kind of person would that make me be? That would, I, man, that, like I, we need to be people who care enough, who see the needs of people enough that it causes us to, to move to action. What you have, the, the, the beauty of this weekend is that you could get a, you could get a little inconvenience by each other. 
that you could actually be honest enough to, to share what's really going on. That you could actually do the hard work of building and developing relationships. Here's the thing I know. I've worked with middle school students. I've worked with high school students. I've worked with college students. I've worked with adults. How you do relationships now will be how you do relationships in the next season. So if you never learn to be open and honest and vulnerable now, you won't just magically do it if you meet the right person. You won't. If you can't have good friendships now, you're not gonna have good friendships as, as an adult. It's practice. What you do now always feeds into the next season of life. And so at some point in time, you have to say, I want true community. I want community that, that it, it, it's hard at times, it's inconvenient at times, but I need it in my life because I know there's gonna be a season where, where I need people who will help me get to see Jesus. True community strives and pushes and challenges to get people to see Jesus face to face. This is the motivation. They're convinced in their hearts, in their minds, that they're convinced of this thing that, that, that man, if, if we could get this guy to Jesus, he'll be healed. They believe it enough to get uncomfortable. They believe it enough to do the hard work. They believe it enough to carry him. They believe it enough to, to, to even problem solve. True community it's hard, it's inconvenient, but true community can carry you out of your valley into the feet of Jesus. Some of you, you're stuck in a valley and what you need is, yes, you need Jesus, but, but you need the body, you, you need the church, you need people around you to help navigate, walk in and out of your valley. True community can carry you out of your valley into the feet of Jesus. They're convinced of it. They, they, they have a conviction in their heart. They believe that Jesus can actually heal. They believe that Jesus can actually change lives. You know what this could look like? If all of us in this room, if you actually believed in your heart of hearts with all the passion that you have and you can muster up, that Jesus could actually heal things in your generation. What would it look like if at your school you actually believed that, that, that Jesus could take that list of valleys and actually change things? Now, I'll tell you what you'd do. You'd start to rally together. You'd start to pull together resources and time and energy and words and affection to, to get people to Jesus. But you're only motivated if you really believe that change can happen. And these guys, they're, they're convinced of it. They know it. If this guy can just see Jesus, it will change his life. And I, I love it. I, I think they have what I would call a can't stop, won't stop mentality. So they're carrying him. It's uncomfortable, it's inconvenient, but, but, but they're like, no, I know. Guys, come on, just a little bit further, just a little bit longer, because in just a moment, I, if he could just see Jesus, his life's gonna change, and I love it. And we could talk about how they get to where Jesus is teaching, and there's actually the people, the church people, are blocking this guy who needs to see Jesus from actually see Jesus, seeing Jesus. We could talk about how sometimes the church, we can be the greatest barrier to people actually encountering Jesus, but we won't go there today. What we're gonna talk about is community, and, and they get there, and they they can't, he, they can't get to Jesus. And here's what's fun about community is that when you put all of your brains together, I think some of the best ideas to reach your generation are in this room in your brains. They're not in our brains. I mean, we're middle-aged, we're old. We, we don't know like what, what your friends need you do. And I love it because like you get a group of friends together and there's always that one guy, that one friend, and it might be you. And they're there and like, well, we can't go through the crowd. It's like, guys, hear me out. What if we go on the roof, <laughs> right? You're like, ah, yeah, so he can't walk. So obviously heights aren't his friend. So maybe let's not take the guy who can't walk and put him on the roof. It's like, guys, guys, I'm telling you, 
Let's put them on the roof, right? There's any of you, you're like, I think I'm that friend. Like you always got the bad idea that might be the good idea. It's the fun idea. Yeah, yeah. And there's like, I don't, let's, I, let's at least try it. Let's throw them on the roof. And so they, not only is it hard to carry somebody here, come here, I'm going to get you up on the roof. now. I'm just kidding, uh, right? But it's even harder to, to get a grown man up on a roof. But they're convinced in their heart of hearts. Now they're invested. They realize, man, no, we're, we're, we won't stop until he sees Jesus because I know if he could see Jesus, it will change his life. So we're putting them on the roof. Now they get up on the roof and you want to know a real mark of, of like true community? I mean, they vandalize a home. Their belief in Jesus, they vandalize. Do your friends love you enough to vandalize a home? No. <laughs> What'd you learn? The morning session, he told us to vandalize. Uh, listen, if it will get them to see Jesus, you can, no, don't, don't call me on that. But right, they're convinced of it that if he could see Jesus, his life would change. And so they, they don't care that there's a church service going on. All the polite things, all the proper things, they throw out the window because they're convinced that if our friend could see Jesus, it would change his life. And so they start digging through a roof with conviction in their hearts, with passion, because they're convinced of this one truth, that the only person that can heal him is a face-to-face encounter with Jesus, and we won't stop until he gets to see Jesus because it will change his life. And so they rip apart that roof. And they lower him to Jesus, and it's exactly what he needed. Jesus was the one who could heal him. He's able to get up. He picks up his mat, and he gets to walk out fully healed, fully out of his valley, because a group of people with their faith, and it says Jesus, when he saw the collective faith of the group, it says that, that, that he was moved, and he said, your sins are forgiven. He didn't just heal his physical body. He healed his soul. He healed not, not, not just his ability to walk, but his need and his long for spiritual wholeness, all because a collective group had a look in their eyes, was convinced in their souls that if we can get this guy to see Jesus face to face, it will change his life. Some of you this weekend, uh, the conversation you need to have is, guys, last night, I I don't want to waste any more time. And so I'm just telling you, like, we're going to pursue Jesus this weekend. Some of you, it's like, hey, I know you got that stuff in your bag, and I'm just telling you, like, let's get rid of it, because I'm convinced that if you could encounter Jesus this weekend, it would change your life. Some of you need to start talking and and listing out names and strategizing about people that you go to school with, people you play sports with, people you do theater with, people you sing with, people who are in the band with you, and start saying, you know, and I know, they need to see Jesus, and, and if we could just help them get to the feet of Jesus, to see Jesus clearly, it would change their life. True community can carry people out of their valley into the feet of Jesus. The greatest resource that your school has for lives being changed is you. The greatest resource that that your family has for lives being changed is found in this room. Community, when you can work together, when you no longer have to worry about just your own strength, but you have people to come around you, you have people to support you, you have people to love you and challenge you and grow you, it's what will change the world. James 5.16 says this, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. That's hard, that's, that's stretching, that's challenging, being honest, being transparent, but here's why. Here's what James says, that you may be healed. 
James says, you want to know where healing happens? Healing happens when, when, you're, when you, you'll be honest enough, vulnerable enough, open enough to actually confess and start to talk about. This is the power of having life groups right after we talk is because healing could happen. And in a few minutes, healing could happen. You don't need a special song. You don't need me to lead you to a response time. All you need is your ability to come together, pray for each other, be convinced, and hold on to the truth that if, if your friend could experience Jesus, healing can happen in their life. There's power in community. I think it's one of the most underutilized like, uh, strengths that the church has because we spend so much time judging, fighting, bickering, getting distracted by other things. And, and, and James, he says it, man, if you would just start to care more about people seeing and ex experiencing and encountering Jesus, it would bring healing. Listen, you're called to do something so great that you can't do it on your own. Let's forget about just healing and getting out of a valley. The other piece of the story, the other side of the coin, is that you have divine calling and purpose in your life. You have skill sets, you have abilities, you have people to impact. You have something, you, it doesn't matter whether you think highly of yourself or not. I'm telling you, you were created with divine purpose, with divine DNA, with divine calling. And so I, it's not just about getting healthy and whole. We're not just playing defense. I'm telling you, like, you've been called to something so great, but you can't accomplish it on your own. You need people around you. We need, we need to stop just praying, God, would you help me get a little bit better? And we need to start praying, God, would you help me be, be radically used for you to transform my family? God, would you help me develop my skill sets and my ability and my love for you in a way that could change other people's lives? Let's say hypothetically, 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 there was a, a middle-aged pastor, right? Hypothetically. Let's say hypothetically, this guy, like he, he struggled with like real anger. Like it was a, it was a recurring issue. You, Alvin, help me real quick. Let's say, Alvin, just for the, this situation, I'm not trying to pick on you, but let's say, like, hypothetically, Alvin's my anger. Uh, uh, this middle-aged man's anger. Like, bug, bug me a little bit. No, don't hug me. Push me. You got to beat me up. You're my problem. Like, hypothetically, okay, so, uh, so that felt intentional, right? But hypothetically, right? Like, I, I, you come help me real quick. What's your name? What is it? Owen, yeah, Owen. And let's say hypothetically that sometimes uh, this hypothetical middle-aged guy, his, his anger got so bad that it actually caused some depression. He can push me a little too. Push me. There we go. And like you're kind of stuck in this valley between two big bullies, right? It's not fun. It's not great. It's kind of awkward. It's kind of uncomfortable. You guys are really good at this. <laughs> Hypothetical, hypothetical situation, right? So, so you guys come with me, come with me though. Let's hypothetically, right? And so I've got these issues and everywhere I go, they go. Everywhere I walk, they walk. And, and every, it's like every single day, like I'm just, anytime I, I try to stop and catch my breath, they keep pushing me, they keep bugging me. Yes, leave me alone, right? And I'm trying to pray, I'm trying to worship. But let's say hypothetically, hypothetically, I come to an awesome, incredible youth group called 707. Can you guys help me real quick? And let's say I have a, a community group. You guys call them community group, small group, life group, connect group, E group, X group, whatever it is. Let's say hypothetically, now I've got this issue. Come on, issues. Uh, but guys, come on, I got a community group. And now my problems have a problem called my community. You guys, are you going to help me out or what? Like, <laughs> hypothetically, hypothetically, now I've got a, my issues have issues. And my issues, issues are my friends and my community group. 
I like this. I like, come on, Alvin. Come on at me. <laughs> I talk trash to my issues. All right, all right. Break it up. Break it up. Right. Thank you. Give it up. Give it up for my issues. And my... But this is a picture. That's a picture of community. This is what it's about. Is some of you, you're trying to fight some real things. You're trying to walk through some real valleys. And you've been trying to do it on your own and you're losing. And I'm just telling you, you don't have to fight alone anymore. Because James 5 tells us that healing can happen when people believe and live out the conviction that if people could see Jesus face to face and talk to him and see him and hear from him, they could, that they could be healed and transformed. And so that's what we're going to do. So I'm going to invite you just for a moment, just to close your eyes. I want you to think about what's the thing you're walking through. You wrote it down last night. What's the valley you're walking through? We're all walking through it. We're all walking through something. I'm just begging you not to fight alone. I'm just begging you to just stop pretending like you have to be totally self-sustaining all the time because healing could happen. And here's what we're gonna do. We're just gonna give you a few minutes and then we're gonna head to our groups. But in just a minute, I want you to get with your, your group and, and leaders, you don't get to pray, but students, you get to pray. I want some of you to be bold enough and say, hey, you, here's what I shared last night. Would you just pray for me real quick? And just one person in your group, out loud, with boldness, with faith, just start to pray that Jesus would touch and change their lives. So real quick, get with your groups. Let's just do it. Let's see it happen. Let's believe for healing in this place. Get with your groups. Leaders, you don't get to pray. You can listen. You don't get to pray. Students, you pray for each other. <laughs>